Coming to you from Charm City, I'm Cece. And I'm Anthony. And this is Lit Pop Bang. All right, cool. We have a cool episode for you today. Um, sorry if our audio sounds weird. I'm not sure what e- uh, producer Ian's going to do, but we are recording from our own spaces today. We are yeah. still in social distance, like most of you, depending on when and where you hear this. Yeah, exactly. We're all sitting in our respective homes doing, practicing good, safe health uh, protocols. Yeah, yeah. We're only yeah. like a mile or so away from each other, but yeah, we're not uh, that far. Yeah, but, uh, but it does through, feel different though. Through feels, the miracle of the internet. The internet. I love the internet. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing in, in social distancing? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm maintaining. I, I don't have any horror stories. I don't have any anything really bad to report. I mean, like everyone else, I think I miss a lot of normal things. But yeah, you know, I'm maintaining. You know what I mean? I'm I'm working remotely. I think you know, teaching and you know, just uh, catching up with friends. I'm getting really tired of Zoom. I mean, what can you say? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think anything you have to say is similar to what everyone else is experiencing, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't feel like my 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 story needs to be told. I don't think I'm yeah. <laughs> going through any hardship. You know what I mean? Waiting for a stimulus check. You know what I mean? Like whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think that um, like everyone else, you you said you're like taking walks nightly, right? Yeah, you're definitely. Cooking definitely. the same things over and over again. Is that how it's going for y'all? Well, I've been cooking. I don't know about cooking the same things. I mean, <laughs> I've been I've been experimenting. I've become a bit of a casserole queen. Oh, good, 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 great. Yeah, great. that's that's my new my new jam is casseroles. And are so, you make, like, yeah. Are you making everyone else right now too? Am I making what bread? You know, everyone on the internet is making oh, bread. Oh no, no, no! I'm not white. No, I'm not making bread. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not, I am not making any bread. Um, no, black people, I'm making casseroles. I'm good, making great. I'm making big cheesy pots of of everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just yeah. You think you think casserole? Uh, you associate that with blackness? Because for me, that's maybe your blackness, but it's definitely your Midwesternness. Maybe the casseroles. Maybe. Yeah. Originally, my my uh, my home base of Midwestern. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I mean, my mom didn't really make them actually, but I think a lot of I don't know. I've I've, I've I mean, casserole. Maybe black people don't even call them casseroles. Who knows? Anyway, but the point is, I like to throw everything in a big dish and bake in it. A dish, yeah. And yeah, and pull it out. Like that's like. You know, that's like war rations. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just I, <laughs> it lasts you like a day or two. Right. And maybe three, you know, yeah, if you're lucky yeah. and you store it correctly. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. All right. Cool. So we have a really good episode today. We talked to a couple booksellers. Yeah. Um, that's coming up. Yeah. So we, we noticed on social media, a lot of our bookseller friends are doing all sorts of innovative stuff to try and sort of figure out what what business looks like right now when everyone's stuck at home and no one's coming into physical spaces. Yeah. And um, we decided that was kind of uh, more interesting and maybe also more important to you guys as listeners about what you could actually do and things that you could be, you know, checking out um, of their websites, also their social media, um, you know, channels. You can be checking out these bookstores and doing something while you're at home uh, being safe. Yeah. So we have one local here that we're going to talk to and we're going to talk from one out west. Um, So I think you'll enjoy it. So check it out. And hello, everyone. With us, we have the two owners of Charm City Bookstore here in Baltimore. We have Davin Ralston and Joseph Carlson. Thanks for joining us, y'all. 
Hello, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks hi, for inviting Gavin, us hi, on. Hi, Joseph. Yeah, we're really great. We're, we're really happy we got you guys today. Yeah, we appreciate the flexibility as we were <laughs> have been uh, delivering at all hours around yeah, the great city been, of Baltimore. You, yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to we're we're gonna get to all that stuff. But first, we wanted to give you guys a chance to um, just introduce introduce yourselves briefly and tell us a little bit about um, the bookstore. And uh, you guys are relatively new here in Baltimore. When you obtained the bookstore, uh, general things like that. Yeah. Um. So we opened the bookstore October fifth, twenty nineteen. <laughs> okay, 2019 it feels like it's been longer but it has only been a little over six months wow. um yeah and so joe and i we are married and we are musicians artists and teachers and we'd always talked about ever since we met each other having a space where we could um do skill sharing events and community events and teach and have you know gatherings and uh, it just came together super well with the idea of having an indie bookstore. Um, and we chose Pigtown, which is just an incredible, uh, wonderful, tight-knit community with a really great group of people. And, um, yeah, so much has happened over the past six months. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's crazy to think about, um, you know, three months ago when we thought our biggest hurdle was how to get more people to attend our events. And now we have no events. So, um, it's and we, we may never have an event again. Who no, knows? no, let's, let's all be optimistic. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, you've seen our space. Yeah. So you know how intimate it is upstairs. I do. Um. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, it is very, it is very intimate upstairs. But yep. again, you know, the world could also change, and we could all, <laughs> who knows, who knows what we'll be in a, in another six months. Who knows? That's true. true. Yeah. Very true. Gas, gas masks with uh, clean oxygen for intimate <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> I think this is going to a dark place. Uh, uh, Anthony, yeah. do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you, um, are you uh, from Baltimore or did you move here for sort of the arts and book scene? Uh, yeah, we moved here for the, the arts and book scene. And also because uh, Davin has family up here. Her brother uh, went to Micah uh, and is married and lives over in Woodbury. And we moved actually over by Woodbury. We're four four doors up for from them so that's fun because uh, we're all very close and so it's yeah. great to see them and then her sister lives over in fed hill and uh the whole family's at that age you know we're making you know settling down and her parents uh are going to be moving up here eventually wow. as well so it was also like we love the city of baltimore um i i grew up in i was in richmond for a long time and baltimore reminds me a lot of richmond in terms oh. of its uh I uh, just it's sort of vibe and the amount of arts and culture that is present here and the history and how much history is present. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, a great diversity socioeconomically. Um, and so, yeah, it was a great opportunity to you know put down roots and uh, join something that was really thriving and and make positive contributions. Yeah, that's very cool. That actually leads right into the next thing I was going to ask, which is, like we said, you're, you're fairly young. You've been about six months. And um, so you're in that spot where, as a store, you're sort of integrating into the community, into the arts community, into the uh, lit and books community. And so sort of you were underway with that when suddenly we're all you know, in our houses. So I was wondering <laughs> if you could talk a bit to uh, how you're continuing to do that uh, with social distancing in place. Yeah, I mean, 
You know, it's so interesting because I feel like we were so worried about people, you know, I think this is not unique to bookstores, but any business, you know, the first couple of months are so important. As, yeah, as totally. To establish yourself as a, a community space. And so Joe and I were always working really hard to to do that. And, you know, we were we were doing 15 to 20 events a month. Wow. Um, just to, to bring people in. And we were just getting to that spot where people were starting to expect things. Yeah. And, and we had some really great programs with nearby schools. And, you know, we were really hustling with that. And, and since the quarantine has happened, we've basically, you know, had to cancel pretty much all of it except for our book clubs. Because now the online store takes up almost all of our time because it's just the two of us and... um and it's been really encouraging and pretty amazing that our community has responded by being extremely supportive of us in the short time that we have been, you know, here and we've been reaching out to them. Now it, it feels like they're reaching back out to us. And also Joe and I, came, I feel like we were a little bit prepared for this change because we have always relied heavily on uh, digital uh, mediums for reaching out to people and so we're both you know i wouldn't say we're like instagram whizzes but we both know how to use social media <laughs> I would. Yeah. i'm an instagram wizard yeah. an instagram wizard yeah. but you know i have a background in in marketing and social media too and mm. um and joe really has a great interest in making you know what would you say making short films or <laughs> i guess yeah yeah sure why not yeah, yeah short short we'll call we'll call story time a short film well, <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute you're leaking into my next question you're leaking oh, into no. oh no but what, you know and, and the one thing we you know the the uh, in terms of adapting to you know what's happened uh you know in some way we 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 actually took a minute to kind of cool down and say, well, we're not going to overextend ourselves and we're not going to try to be a purely virtual event space uh, in one regard, because there was a flood of that into yes. uh, social media, mm -hmm. which totally was great agree. to see. And so we felt like, well, you know, people only need so many of these of these things. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and we've we've tried to share that and promote that from other bookstores and event spaces oh. as well to, to direct traffic you know, we had just um, started a mini concert series that was going to be monthly and then was going to be bi-monthly. And the last the first and last one so far we had was on um, what was it? March 13th, live from 782 with with um, uh, Tyler Moonlight. And oh. I still have to get to editing that. Um, and and then it all, you know, it all went away. So it was it was a weird, a weird sort of liminal place to exist in. And then we moved over and just decided to kind of simplify and try to do some things that we didn't see other people doing, not because we didn't see other people doing it, but um, just actually just stuff that our friend, like we did virtual bookseller. I think that's been one of our biggest adap adaptations. Uh, our friend Megan Graves, who was our, our resident zhuzher of the store, uh, who has this like great retail floor eye and aesthetic. And she is an actor as well, and she's highly entertaining and really, really funny. And she was like, I'm going to do this virtual bookseller thing. And it was it was crazy. I mean, she people from all over the country, all of our, our network of artist friends all around the country were tuning into her Instagram and sending in requests to get recommendations from her. 
And that's been really uh, amazing. So she kind of created a system and this uh, and for this virtual bookseller. And now she does it Wednesday through Friday every week. People can send requests to Redheaded Snippet on Instagram and they can get three personalized book requests based on some information that they provide. And then now we want to expand this into a kind of uh, little Instagram live, but a five minute short burst thing with authors where authors can answer a couple of questions from her. The audience can meet the author and then the author can also make requests based on what they're or make recommendations based on what they're really into and share. And we're hoping hoping that that uh, creates more interest for the virtual bookseller program, and also is just kind of a fun a fun new. Uh, yeah, that's so fun. Oh, so that, cool. that sounds that sounds amazing. I can't look. Look, I'm like, can I do that? Look, yes. Like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> it's and, you, and you can both be one of the authors that that joins <laughs> that joins Megan. It's gonna have like we're kind of imagining a between two ferns like kind of irreverency to it, but without the without the cruelty. Yeah, like, yeah. it'll be it'll be, it'll be I, nice I, and supportive. I love I love it all. I also love that you said resident zhuzher. I just, <laughs> I just I would just like to tell everyone that that, that that's a phrase that I've now adopted. Yeah, it's a good one. Resident zhuzher. She can put that on her resume for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Joe. I wanted to go back to you briefly because uh, Davin sort of outed you and said that you like to uh, mess around with film. But I wanted to talk to you guys <laughs> both about your Once Upon a Story Time um, Children's Hour. You haven't talked much about that and Whiskers, and so I. <laughs> wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about that because you guys are also supporting I feel like um, you, in addition to offering puzzles and and books and things for uh, parents who have ch- young people at home I think once upon a story time is a great uh, opportunity for uh, you know for parents to have something interactive to do with their children so can you talk about that a little bit yeah totally yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah go ahead babe. well it's just so funny because I I found that that cat whiskers yeah puppet at a at an art store here in baltimore and it was like in the clearance bin and i was like oh you know this little raggedy puppet and i was like oh this is so great because we you know every saturday morning we would have story time here at the shop and um we just yeah that's right yeah we just and so you know we did stories and one of the things that i love doing is writing and, and playing little songs to get the kids to sing and and move a little <laughs> bit you know and just keep their attention because you know people who work with kids or know anything about kids or have even you know whatever they have short attention spans and so yeah. just reading to them is not usually like sustainable so <laughs> we we keep it you know a di- you know dynamic with songs and and movement and so i got this puppet for the intention of the of the story times on saturday mornings and then we wanted to do well. One well, the first the way Whiskers came about really was so the the, the puppet was lying around, and oh, right. and we have our two shop apprentice, um, Asada and her sister Salima. And Salima is uh, recently turned seven years old. <laughs> and whenever there was downtime in the store, we would we might play games or you know they'd also always oh, be hanging out in the store. They might help us, and we kind of worked out ways that they could like we basically like they could earn things in the shop like through like things. And so anyway, one of the things we would sometimes just do is, is we would read together. I'd be like, oh, Salima, do you want to read? And she'd be like, yeah. And she'd pick out a book. And so one day I read a book and also <laughs> had whiskers. And whiskers would comment like while I was reading. And she was just so tickled by it. So She's the one who named the cat. Oh, that's true. She named whiskers. Yeah, Salima <laughs> named whiskers. She, and so Love we it. decided to do when we decided to do our film story times. 
we were like, oh, we have definitely got to include puppets. And now it's sort of just taken. It's just getting more and more. So people like send <laughs> uh, people have made a lot of requests for Whiskers to film little messages <laughs> to <laughs> kids that watch it and say hello. It's so like I kind of want to get Whiskers a cameo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You know, to raise some money, you know, for our pay it forward program. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so we're doing story time and it's a story time. And it's a sing along. And we do our best. We're, we're kind of still improvising it. We haven't had an opportunity to plot out uh, right. like a, an, a like a you know a ten episode arc. Although I really want to, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're kind of winging it as we go and we improvise it as we film it. And you know, it's just a single camera, right? And then we it's try to one do one take. Yeah, we just do we do one take. You know, because there's nobody helping <laughs> i just set it up and, and we and my arm aches um, oh. you know in the back because i'm just laying down on the floor and then i try to bring in a second puppet and you'll see the other puppet kind of go limp on on camera <laughs> if you watch too closely uh but we Hopefully try to the kids get, are listening to the magic behind that's right yeah how the sausage gets made yeah <laughs> right exactly well, exactly and we're we're i i like that you pointed out you know we, we try to keep it a little interactive and I think our humor also hits in that pocket where kids really love it, but there's a little something for adults in yeah. there too. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it's just, you know, I, we've been getting pictures of um, kids watching it or kids wow. reading oh, along so nice. while yeah. watching it and messages from one parent said, you know, you make my, my child feel, feel cared for outside of the home still like there's yeah. some place outside of the home that where people still love love them and care oh, about them so nice and, that's amazing. Uh, as lifelong artists and educators uh, that's really everything you know that, yeah. that's that's everything so. yeah and everybody needs a little bit of a fun distraction in all of this madness you know what i mean yeah. i mean i mean i watch them and i love them <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, yes. i'm not a seven-year-old you know what i mean but i'm but i thoroughly enjoy them and so i just think i just think that kind of thing is true truly needed right now you know what i mean i'm thinking yeah. um children parents everybody just sort of appreciates a little break from all of the outside madness that we have going on here in yeah. the world yeah. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, though, right. I want to just ask you, so where can people find you on the Internet and on social media and all this cool stuff that you're doing? Yep. Yeah. So there's a couple different places. Our website is, you know, one of the best places to figure out what we're doing and where we are. We um, it's also our online store. Everything that's in the store is up on the website um, as far as shopping with us. We are on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. We're really active um, on there. And we're also on YouTube. You're on our YouTube. Yeah, that's right. I am. I am. Um, Again, my amateur videography (laughs) skills on full display. I think it's I think it's amazing. But Davin, make sure you say the name of the of the website and also the handles for uh, for Twitter, Instagram, all those things. Yeah. So the website is www.charmcitybooks.com yep. and the handle of uh, Instagram is at Charm City Books and Facebook Charm City Books <laughs> and then YouTube Charm City Books. There it is. <laughs> We're yeah. trying we'll to make, make sure it as easy as possible. We'll the links in the show notes too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, hey, again, thank you so much for taking time. It sounds like you're so busy right now, so I appreciate you making yeah, the effort yeah, we, to sit down we, and talk with us. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we tried to thank organize so this much. a couple times, and when you guys were just <laughs> delivering, and it was amazing. It's a, it's great that you guys have that much business going. We're really happy to interview you and talk to you guys. 
Oh, we're yeah. so happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, and we're yeah we're yeah it's 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 been it's good. We're very fortunate, and we kind of remember that every day. You know, then we think about the folks that you know aren't able to work and the frustrations that they're feeling yeah. right now. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're very yeah. lucky just to get to get out there and grind away. Right. right. We're happy to see the we're happy to see the new the new bookstore on the block, quote unquote, <laughs> doing well. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you so much, y'all. everyone we are here with danny kane the owner of the raven bookstore hi yeah. danny hey so glad to be hey, here thanks so much yeah thanks for joining us i'm really glad you could take the time to do this yes long time we're very exci- first time caller oh we oh we love to get we love to get fans of the of <laughs> the show out here on the show yeah, yeah I, I wish we had like an audio button to make some noise happened uh, <laughs> oh yeah we need that we need sound effects yeah, yeah. <laughs> air horns i love yeah. it i love it love it so uh danny we want to start off uh with you just giving a little introduction uh of yourself and also the raven bookstore uh if you could tell the listeners also where the raven bookstore is located we love that so yeah just a little introduction about you and about how the store came into development how you came to own it we'd love that Sure. Um, it is a, a tiny and creaky um, old bookstore. It's been there since 1987. It's right off of the main street in Lawrence, Kansas, which is a picturesque uh, Midwestern college town. Um, the Raven's cool. been there forever. It started as a mystery only store. Um, oh. We've since expanded um, beyond that. And it's kind of a general purpose indie bookstore. Now um, I moved, I grew up in Cleveland and I moved to Lawrence in 2014 to get an MFA in poetry at the University of Kansas. Ah. Um, was lucky enough to work part-time at the Raven and then got even luckier and things worked out that I was able to take over after I graduated. Um, and that's so cool. That's in tw- yeah. such a rad story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's by far the best job I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah books, are, books, are, books are a great job. Danny, I also saw that there was a cat in a picture. Is, is have- there a bookstore cat? We have two cats. Um, they've been there for about 10 years. Um, Dashiell wow. and Nayo. Um, they're Aww. named after Dashiell Hammett and Nayo Marsh, who are two kind of golden age crime fiction writers. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's so rad. And what's Lawrence like? You know, I love Lawrence. Um, it, it kind of it's it's in some ways it feels like a small town, um, but in some ways it really punches above its weight in terms of the literature scene um, and the art scene. Uh, there's, there are a bunch of great venues, but the art is really amazing. And um, the Raven is at the center of a really vibrant uh, literary community. That's yeah. fantastic. And you, you're a writer yourself. You're a poet, right? Yeah. Uh, Mason Jar Press last year, last March, put out my first book, which is called Yay! Continental Breakfast. Um, it's it's the first in the trilogy of uh, poetry books that look at food, authenticity, and the formation of identity in the, the corporate American Midwest. Um, so the yeah. second one came out this March, which is called El Dorado Freddy's, which is all about restaurants. And then the third one is called Flavor Town. That comes out this fall from uh, Harpoon Books out of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And I'm, awesome. I'm here. All small presses, all outside of traditional publishing centers. Um, so, yeah, it's great. 
Very cool. Yeah, and congratulations cool. on the congratulations on the trilogy of poetry books. Look at you. Prolific writer. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've read Continental Breakfast and it's just fantastic. It's um sort of lures you in with the uh, pop culture stuff. And then once you get there, they end up being these like smart. But so it's, it's great work, Danny. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we also want to talk to you, you know, we're doing this episode because we want to talk about how bookstores are sort of adapting to the moment. So would you mind telling us sort of like uh, what the bookstore is doing right now to sort of stay engaged with readers and and buyers throughout the area and nationwide for that matter? Yeah. um, We we're doing kind of a combination of, of the, the, nationally emerged best practices for book selling and a couple of things where we put our own twist. Um, one idea that emerged early on that we adapted right away was um, free local delivery. So mm. any address that ends in Lawrence, Kansas, we will um, deliver books to wow. for free. Uh, wow. And these are books you can call and order or you can order them through our website. Um, and every wow. day we're sending out deliveries to in between 40 and 75 houses um that's so fantastic that's so three, cool three delivery drivers every day it's been really yeah, popular was, yeah i was gonna ask how does that logistically look did you have delivery drivers before or did you have to hire them no um we didn't have delivery drivers before so uh mm. we've we've shortened our hours there's no reason to keep people there at night um, so a lot of the, uh, night, the the people who usually work the nighttime closing shifts are now doing delivery. Um, uh, that's part of how it goes with with needing to adapt is people are working in different roles. But fortunately, the Raven has a really amazing team of booksellers, and they've we've all been able to to pivot really quickly. Um, and everybody is kind of on board with with their new responsibilities. Um, and so people who, people who are working events are now driving deliveries because um, we can, yeah. obviously can't do events anymore. Um, sure. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's intense. Like I have to plan these routes to make sure people aren't backtracking and we, we have to sort them out. So they're all in the right parts of town. Um, wow. I had, I had long been thinking about adding delivery even before any of this. Um, mm. but you know, this is kind of our big chance. We also launched a program called book benefactors, which is a website, bookbenefactors.com. And the, the point of book benefactors is to send surprise deliveries of books to people who could really use them. Um, oh, and cool. so there are two ways to contribute to the book benefactors program. You can nominate someone to receive a package and there's just a little form you fill out explaining why you think they could use some books or you could donate to sponsor these packages, um, becoming a book benefactor. Um, and, and just knowing that, that your contribution has not only helped get books to people in need, but also kept Raven booksellers employed and busy. Um, and that program mm. has raised over $6,000. Um, oh, that's, and that's amazing. Yeah. We've sent out more than 75 packages. Um, and we we send out more of those every day. Wow. Wow. Hopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, are, yeah. There, there are other little things like uh, one thing that a ton of indie bookstores are doing is mystery boxes, which people just love. Um, and it's like, really? we have, yeah, we have two options on our website, $50 or a hundred dollars. Um, you can send comments if you want, telling us what you like to read. But I think the majority right. of mystery box orders we get are just blank um, and just like send me cool stuff. Uh, wow. that's, that's a mix of uh, hardcovers and paperbacks and, and new stuff and some old favorites. Um, so that really works because it can help. There are books that we love um, 
that people would normally find by browsing that you don't necessarily run into that easily doing a web search that we can ah. still connect people to. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a way to really stand behind the books we believe in. Yeah. I was just going to say that I was like, it sounds like that's a lovely opportunity to slip in some of your favorites that people may not know about. Yeah. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. rad. Um, this sort of innovation stuff you're describing reminds me that you've actually also written uh, quite a bit about Amazon and how Amazon yeah. harms both yeah. authors and booksellers. And so I was wondering sort of like if you contextualize us why sort of like supporting stores like yours is more important than ever in moments like these. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm laughing at that this is a short interview and I could go on and on. <laughs> um, I mean, the just national pandemic conditions or recessions or anything don't change the importance of supporting small businesses in your community and, and spending money at an independently owned local small business um, keeps money in your community. It keeps jobs in your community um, and it, it just contributes to the, the rich texture of, of, a, of a unique place. Whereas you send money off to Amazon and that, that frequently doesn't come back to, to your community or it comes back in the forms of jobs that are dangerous. Um, or <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Unpaid, um, stressful warehouse jobs. Yeah. Right. Um, and like super questionable about how they're like it. I know personally at the Raven, we are taking a ton of precautions being extremely careful. Um, yeah. everybody, whenever we're handling books, we're wearing gloves and masks and Amazon has made a real mess of their safety measures, um, sure. for, for COVID-19 and, yeah. and they're, they've made a habit of firing people who are calling for reforms too. Um, so yeah, I mean, just look right there. That's the difference. Um, we and other small businesses in Lawrence have, have really tried to figure out ways to give back to our community um, while we're also struggling to exist, um, whereas Amazon seems to be just trying to maximize their profits. Yeah, um, to say the least. Like, what kind of operation do you want to support with your money? Yeah. Yeah. And speaking about community, Danny, you as a community advocate and as a person who uh, really cares about uh, local Lawrence and everyone who is uh, buying your books, have you had any experiences or exchanges with anyone that have been memorable? Like, have you had, uh, you know, just a fun, heartwarming story from someone that you've delivered to or something of that nature? Anything optimistic. Yeah. Um, people put signs on their doors when we deliver, which I love. That just, it kills me every time. Um, I, anytime I see them, I post them on social media, but to walk up to a door and see a sign that like a kid decorated, that's like, thanks for keeping us reading. It's like, that's all I need. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. That's amazing. To keep going. Um, yeah. And so, and yeah, I mean, every day just filling out all these delivery orders and seeing the orders come in through our websites, you feel really supported and people are still finding a way, at least so far, they're still finding a way to value reading and and literature and a literary community in in extraordinarily difficult times. Um, And so it, it can't help but make me believe in the importance of what I do. Exactly. Yeah. That's so amazing. That's so, that's so fantastic to hear community coming together like that and, and, it being really symbiotic, you supporting the community and the community supporting you. That's, that's really rad. Yeah. So if, if listeners want to hear more about you or the bookstore or want to reach out to the support you um, or the program, uh, where can they do so? Sure. Well, book benefactors is at bookbenefactors.com. 
Um, you can order books at ravenbookstore.com. Um, we can get you nearly anything that's in print. Um, and then uh, our, our Twitter page at Raven Bookstore is kind of our main mouthpiece of where um, we, we communicate and we joke and we advocate. Um, so and by we is that, that is that you, Danny? It's by we me. is that it's, it's, I, it's you know I try to avoid it. Sometimes when I'm in Twitter, I, I slip into the royal we, which I've been trying yeah. not to do. Uh, I love that. I yeah, love that. The, the Twitter account is almost all me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for for taking time. I'm sure you're really busy right now. Um, so it means a lot to us. Thank you no, so I'm much. I'm happy to do it. And good to yeah. quote and quote see both of you again. Yeah, oh, likewise. Yeah, we likewise. <laughs> we we, we love and miss you, Danny, and thank you so okay. much for doing this with us. All right. Thanks. And we are back with the with pop, pop portion. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. it's a weird time to talk about pop culture now. Uh, yeah. On I, one hand, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, celebrity gossip just doesn't taste the same when when everyone's stuck at their houses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Word. I don't know. And it's like it's like you feel like nothing new or important is breaking three, but at the same time, sort of like the pop culture we talk about, not gossip necessarily, but TV, film, music. Yeah, that's that sort of matters a lot right now because for a lot of us it's like what we've got you know is yeah is tv and and new shows and new music so right um yeah we're in a weird in between but we thought we'd just maybe cut it a little short today one of us each talking about some something that we've been thinking about yeah um anthony you were excited about something in specific i know yeah it's a weird thing um so you know uh, i i watch pro wrestling a little everyone, bit everyone knows yeah, so we yes. mentioned this on the show before well the big company in pro wrestling is the wwe world mm-hmm. wrestling entertainment right. and they are led both on screen and in real life um by a person named vince mcmahon okay um and vince mcmahon is just he is kind of gross mm. uh in his business dealings um and this week was one of those weeks where it's just like uh difficult to ignore that grossness um so for one thing you may have heard um the f- the person who currently occupies the white house talking about his uh his team to reboot the con- or to reopen the economy yeah i mean um, i've been hearing rumors about that but i try to i try to block him out a lot yeah well one of the things we talked about was uh reopening sports that people really want sports to re- so he named this oh. uh, this list of people uh, from across sports and sports entertainment who are going to help him um, oh. reopen sports. And one of those people was Vince McMahon. And so that's kind of gross to just, I mean, he's not even in sports. He's in theater, right? <laughs> no, re- pro wrestling is theater, not sports. Uh, <laughs> uh, a, little, a little side shade there. Yeah. Um, but on top, okay, so the same day he did that, though, the state of Florida announced or he they announced through the state of Florida that WWE will be considered essential business. OK, so you okay, definitely get the sense that this person his millionaire, maybe billionaire Vince McMahon, um, that he is leveraging his money and his political connections to continue doing business. Right. Right, um, right, right, right. And it's a tough business, right? You're asking 
these these actors to come and be physical in a space together right at a time when they're not supposed to do that right um, no i mean it's crazy to even think about that because the testing has not been released widely so mm-hmm. i mean you know what i'm saying so that in and of itself for coronavirus just it sounds ridiculous sure what can their testing be how accurate are our right. tests right now right um right. you know right. if they're just that. testing symptoms right you know there's a delay on symptoms right um, yeah, so it's a it's scary thought to, for them to ask their athletes to do that, and they just they just went through their um, their biggest event of the year, WrestleMania. I'm sure you've heard that term before, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's their Super Bowl, right? Or, or their <laughs> their Tonys, if you will. Um, and, <laughs> I can't. And so I can't. But this thing normally this is in like a, a large stadium, like it's in front of like right, eighty, right, right, ninety right, thousand right, people, right, right, right. and and rather than cancel, they moved it to their training center, and they filmed this biggest event of the year in front of an empty in an empty building right right they can just um, cg in the audience if they need that i mean <laughs> they should have cg in the audience it was really weird to have all these big epic moments with no one there to cheer or clap or anything it was yeah, you just you just jack the audio and video from another one of these things and just paste it over i See, mean it's not brain surgery yeah yeah I, that's a good idea they did not do that they should have done that <laughs> anyway so that's all sort of weird and the the essential business weird the trump thing is weird yeah. but the really sad news is that um amid all this they um they just announced yesterday as we're recording this um they are laying off like several dozen on-screen talent just um they they already the company model is that these aren't employees they're independent contractors mm. which is sort of i mean their whole business model is selling this product right it's it's clear that they are employees right um yeah but they don't call them employees they call them uh contractors mm. and they just canceled the contracts for all of their wrestlers for for like several dozen wrestlers mm. um including after this, after this yeah, decision yeah including wrestlers who had flown across the country at risk themselves to to record these you know the wrestlemania and these episodes after wrestlemania um I've, I've just found out they've flown to florida and found out hey you're no longer part of the company you should be uh, boycotting you should be protesting oh absolutely you yeah yeah for should sure. be like, yeah yeah i canceled is... i i canceled my subscription to their right. service and right. uh, encourage others to do the same absolutely yeah it's it's really gross what they did the among the weirdest grossest stories though one of the athletes who were laid off uh like last week or the week before donated like twenty thousand dollars of his own money um to out of work off-screen talent so people who normally would help support their their program who are out of work while this is happening he donated twenty thousand dollars on money to them um and then found out yesterday he's no longer working for this company well that's an unfortunate move yeah look yeah at- <laughs> it's yeah. i'm like uh wow that's yeah. uh yeah crazy yeah. so this is pop culture news but it's also business news and it's a really gross business news and like yeah, the company is. is already pretty gross and it's politics and you know like vince mcmahon's wife part of the trump administration and there's a plenty of reasons well, yeah um, i was just gonna say yeah. i mean i hated to you know throw uh gel- jelly on the wwe but mm-hmm. i mean I, I i assumed actually I, I don't know that this is the case that a lot of them are conservatives i mean both people who 
Um, I not necessarily. I mean, the audience, some of the audience are conservatives. And I also I definitely knew that some of the participants like in the actual were like, you know, staunch kind of sure. conservatives. Yeah. yeah, I think you see that in in some of the old people who are still around, certainly in the executives. If you look at Vince McMahon, you know, Linda McMahon. Uh, his wife ran for, I think, the Senate for of Connecticut, right, as a Republican. Um, and then you have some really nightmare Republicans, um, people like uh, Hulk Hogan is a nightmare uh, who's, you know, been yeah. caught saying racist shit on tape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ultimate warrior, who's this big wrestler in the 80s, went on to be like a conservative pundit and used to say terrible, like, shit all the time yeah um yeah that's what i mean i I think yeah i mean i just i I remember from when i was young i remember hearing all about wrestling because i don't know anything about it now but i just remember that it was always thought to be a conservative audience that watched and and conservative players on the inside too yeah, so, I think I think that's been the tradition for a long time. But if you look but at maybe now, it's, but maybe yeah, it's changing. Yeah, I right. think now there's a really right. diverse audience, and I think there right. there's an audience that with a you know a formal education. I think there are a lot of people of color who like it now. I think there are a lot of progressive and radical people who are into wrestling. Well, um, I'm glad it's changing. I yeah, mean, I that particular that. company, it's it's tough. They make it very tough to like their product because I of mean, how terrible I gotta they are. say, you know, yeah. Florida. I mean, I, I before we segue, this is getting much too long a conversation <laughs> that I want to have about WWE. But let yeah. me just say, uh, the fact that it's headquarters and that that uh, WrestleMania or whatever happens in Florida, friend, I mean, you know, no disrespect to our, our listeners who are living in Florida, but, <laughs> but um, you know, Florida, not the most progressive state in the union. Yeah, yeah. They're headquartered in Florida and Connecticut. And, and so you drive when you leave, when you're coming out of New York on 95 North, as soon as you cross the border, you see the WWE sign there. And that's like a lot of companies. Connecticut has like really conservative tax laws that are helpful for businesses. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's interesting. I didn't know uh, uh, Connecticut was the other headquarters. But, yeah. man, I mean, because they're relatively liberal. But like I said, Florida. Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I will say you see a, you see a couple uh, of the on-screen talent who in their sort of like outside of their persona, when you get to the actors themselves, uh, actually have some progressive politics. So like one of them, one of them does like uh, um he has like funds, like medical centers in like Palestine and throughout the Middle East and does cool yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm sure that there's diversity within, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah, it just sure. it has had a, it has had an, an old sort of connotation, which is probably why I have been very adverse to it in general, just because of the old stuff that used to be rumored about it. Not necessarily, sure. you know, not necessarily what's going on now, because like I said, I have no clue what's going on. Now. Yeah, that's right. 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 Yeah. So that was mine. What's yours? What What's going on in pop culture that you've been noticing well, right now? I didn't really have too much, but I did. Um, I'm not I'm not really paying a lot of attention to the news and pop culture, like movie, even movie TV news. I'm not really paying that much attention to. I don't know. Maybe that's just me and my weird thing since I'm uh, staying at home. I've been doing a yeah. lot of other things. But I did know that Saturday Night Live um, did happen uh, was last week. Well, I don't know for listeners, but anyways, uh, April 11th, Saturday Night Live did an at-home, live-at-home um, episode. And it was hosted by Tom Hanks, which everyone knows that uh, he was one of the very early first celebrities to uh, admit that he had coronavirus. Um, so he was hosting yeah. and and looking, I might say, relatively healthy, I would say, looking, you know, suited and, and very, uh, you know, Tom Hanks, not my cup of tea. But I mean, you know, looking very healthy, which I'm sure America's happy to 
see that, right? But I think uh, more interesting was this uh, live at home episode that SNL uh, did, which I watched. Right. Like, they're not- like all in their own apartments recording. Right. Is that what they did? Right. right. Or, or at their own, wherever they are quarantined. I don't know that it was everyone's exact apartment, but wherever they're. So it could have been like, you know, husbands or, you know, or girlfriends or boyfriends. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah. everyone was at a house recording is what I, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, it was pretty, it was pretty wonky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the word I'll use. And funny, you know, like, um, I think it was more funny because I was interested in the aspect of what was everyone going to do? What were the skits sure. going to look like? Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, Pete Davidson did a weird uh, riff or, or diss, uh, a, a video song of Drake, which I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say it was necessarily like riveting, but I would say it was a pretty good spoof. You know, it's pretty good Drake song spoof. Yeah, um, you know, I thought the winner was who I anticipated the winner would be, which is Kate McKinnon. Um, I think Kate McKinnon's great uh, as a comedian. And I think um, she's she's always funny, whether you catch her off screen somewhere or doing stand up. Uh, she did a, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg workout series, oh, right, which I right, thought right. was cute. You know, yeah, she did that. Cute. Um, and, you know, then Colin Jost and Michael Che uh, did their typical uh, weekend update thing. And, you know, Michael Che talked about the fact that uh, his, he had lost his grandmother. He actually didn't say whether uh, his grandmother had passed on from complications from COVID-19 or not. Um, but he, he, you know, mentioned that. So that was like a little bit of a sobering moment. But um, other than that, I thought the you know, there were there were there was also a spoof on Zoom. I thought that was pretty funny, too, like people going crazy and not knowing how to act on zoom. I thought that was yeah, kind of yeah, cute. I heard about that one. Yeah. 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 All <laughs> these are, and there are, there are excerpts of these all on YouTube. Yeah. Now you can go and see the whole thing, but you know, ultimately I thought it was interesting. Um, I think it's, it's, it's more and more interesting to see how television shows and, you know, people are adapting to our current reality, right? You know, I mean, they wanted to have a show, but they decided to do it live. And I think, um, you know, it's kind of, brave a little bit. And I don't think it was perfect. I thought it was kind of, you know, like I said, wonky, you know, but, uh, but, but they did the best they could. I think I saw the thing that Hanks actually sort of jokes about that in his introduction, right? He's like, uh, will it be different? Absolutely. Will it be funny? Well, you know, it's Saturday Night Live. Some will hit, some will miss. <laughs> right, exactly. He's so, right. And I sort of thought, wow, do we really want to say that? But I guess I guess we're going there. You know what I mean? But um, I think people I think America felt comforted to see someone who has had this virus standing before them and looking, you know, having beat the vibe, quote unquote, or, you know, made it through the difficult time is what you know what I mean? So I think I, th- I think America liked that. Yeah, we're at this point where it's really good to see, hey, this person was sick and it's not sick. And that's good to know. Right. Right. I mean, it's at least encouraging for those of us who don't know. You know, I mean, people have been losing their lives, you know, uh, with this. As you know, there's lots of reports out of my ex home, New York, um, you know, of of deaths, you know. So I think I think it's it's encouraging for people to feel like. Um, someone who is older, you know, Hanks is older, Mm -hmm. uh, can beat this virus. You know what I mean? So I think that's important. everyone we are back with the bang portion bang. of the lit pop bang great and, and you had a good one right yeah well we both ironically this is like the first time ever we both were like 
thinking the exact same yeah. question. Yeah, we've had some crossovers in the past with ideas, but this is yeah. the exact same thing. It's yeah. the exact same question, <laughs> right. We both want to know what each other, the like the first thing you want to do after we after the restrictions lift and everything opens back up and we're out in the world, hopefully, I'm going to hope without masks, right? You know what I mean? I, I mean, one yeah. would hope, um, you know, and we're, and we're able to go, come and go as we please. And, and hopefully, you know, things are, uh, you know, testing is more widely available and, you know, lots of things hopefully will be different on the back end. But we're wondering what is the first thing that you and I want to do as soon as we are out of the big Q word? Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite spring and summer things in Baltimore, Baltimore's only got a few weeks of really great weather and then it gets sticky hot. Um, but, but there's a, there's a period and even really through the summer, but there's a period in fall and spring when it's best for, uh, drinking outdoors, right. Finding mm. a, finding a bar with oh, an open window okay, right, or finding okay, right, a bar right, with right. some outside seating yeah, um, nice. and just having a beer or two outdoors with friends of course friends who i'm sitting right next to right right um i want to sit at like a bench seat outdoors i want my thighs to be pressed up against next to somebody else's thighs wow and i want to be drinking this, this, a this, beard all right listeners this took a this took a this took a sexy turn okay yeah but <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know it just felt like i miss just being close not even just the people i'm i'm sleeping with but just close to yeah, yeah. to friends right um yeah, yeah. yeah so i want to be sitting around a table outside with friends just having a beer year even like if that. it is even if it's middle of summer right when we get out of here and it's sticky already um that's what i really want to do i want to i like that be friends i, I want to hear their laughs i want to uh you know yeah. be in sunlight next to people enjoying a beer that sounds really nice right yeah yeah i think i think that is a that's a good memory that's a good um feeling and i mean hopefully uh, well I mean, when we get out of the big Q word, um, it probably will be about that time, about that summertime when, sure. you know what I mean? When it's ideal to be like, you know, street side or at a place that has collapsible doors that are all open. You know what I mean? Those sorts, those mm -hmm. sorts of things. Those moments are lovely. I think that's uh, fantastic. I, yeah. I love I love like, you know, drinking outside, hanging with people and like street people watching. I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh I can't wait. I can't wait. See? <laughs> yeah. So uh, mine, uh, you know, I, I kind of have two. I'm kind of cheating, but I'll say the first one first. So the first one first is that um, I love I love movies and I love movies and movie theaters. Like I love I know that's like super old school, like, right, because everybody is like Netflix. Right. And I and of course, I watch tons of stuff on Netflix, but I actually like to go to a movie theater with someone or not. <laughs> I like to, uh, you know, whether I'm with my my partner or no or whatever, I like to go and actually be in a movie theater. It doesn't have to be filled with people, but I do like people. Right. I like like a you know, it doesn't have to be like a hundred people sitting for, you know, yeah. a brand new showing of <laughs> Black Panther. Right. I don't yeah. need that. I mean, you know, it could be 50 people sparsely. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Spread around. But I like going to get popcorn. I like putting extra butter on my popcorn. I like getting like Twizzlers, too, and some crazy soda that I never have at home. And, you know, sitting in a bucket seat probably putting my feet on the back of the seat in front of me and enjoying a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that yeah, sure. is, that is something um, I'm really like an old school, like cinema movie girl. So that's yeah. one thing. Um, do you like, um, do you, are you into like deluxe, like table side service 
uh, theaters like oh, they no, have now. Oh, no, I think that's very weird. I think that's or- very weird. I did it. I did it once. I yeah. was kind of grossed out and I never yeah. did it again. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't No, No waiters. This is weird, people. This is, you know, what I mean? if you enjoy it, people, you know, no disrespect to you. But it's weird when someone's bringing you like a, a Caesar salad and a glass of Chardonnay. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah. it's weird. That's not move. <laughs> that's not the movies to me. Right. The movies to me is an experience, you know, like back when, even yeah. when you were a kid and you went with your uncle or your aunt or your parents or whoever, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it's like a, it's like a fun go out kind of moment. Okay. Sure, and sure. then the other second thing that I totally, totally miss. Um, a lot of people know I'm into music. Um, sure. I love dance music slash electronica slash, um, all things with a probably four on a four beat, not everything, but, and not yeah. hard, not hard, uh, sort of, uh, you know, bassy stuff, even though I do, I love drum and bass too. I'm ready to go to a party, like a club party, like, um, you know, and I do it two or three, maybe even four times a year. Um, not always here. A lot of times I go to New York, like I said, my ex home and do it there, but, um, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for people, music, uh, you know, lights, uh, dancing, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. I, you know, I go less and less nowadays, but I still love going out dancing. And we took a friend to Grand Central. So those aren't here in Baltimore. It's one of the few oh, remaining yeah. uh, gay dance clubs in Baltimore yeah. um, in, I think, late February before things started popping oh, off. Oh, that was recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I got a little bit in just before. Ah, uh, oh, that one, that must the, have been nice. Yeah, right. It's, gonna, it's, it's, yeah. it's like all the things you would have done, right? You know, it kind of feels yeah. like, it feels like if we had known what, what we, what would we have all run out and done? You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I think there's a, um, auto bar has a sad and bougie, uh, party uh, coming oh. up, I think in early summer that hopefully will be out by. And that's, um, uh, emo and trap music oh, spun together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah. I'm, I guess the things that I kind of want to do are like people things, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, it's not that, it's not that I don't miss my friends and looking forward to do really normal stuff. Like just, you know, going to a place down the street and getting, walking in and getting food and sitting down and eating it, you know, that kind of thing. Being in a restaurant is nice, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like, I do like a lot of, um, I'm not dying without them. You know what I mean? But I do like a lot of things that are, um, you know, that involve a lot of, I guess, people I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like that. All right. Great. That's yeah. it. That's the episode. We hope yeah. that you enjoyed it. Uh, it was good to talk to you. I wish I could see you, Cece, but it's so nice to talk I to mean, you like you this. Know, we can always zoom after this if you just yeah, want to well. see my brown face after we get done. You know what I mean? But uh, yes, no, it was, yeah. it, it's, it is different to do this uh, sort of not being next to one another. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But we'll go yeah. out and we'll get a outdoor drink and we'll go dancing oh, yeah. oh, once it's, it's, we're. I, I mean, fingers crossed sooner than later. Yeah, you know for, I mean? sure, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, we're cool. hoping everybody stays safe and uh, we'll be providing show links, uh, uh, links in the show notes, um, yeah. telling you uh, where who to check out, where uh, bookstores, uh, their website links, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. 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 And as always, follow us on social media, engage sure. us on social media. We love hearing from you. Rate us in podcasts. Click smash that subscribe button in the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk back yeah. to us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We love hearing from you. It's always so fun. Right. And as always, coming to you from Charm City, I'm Anthony. And I'm Cece. And this has been Lit Pop Bang. Bang.